You know, I was just reading over there about Paul's trials of being shipwrecked and being beaten. And I thought, well, that's not what we did tonight. It didn't quite mount up to what Paul did in his uh, life. We endured a little cold and rain. But it's so de we're so delighted to be here with you. And we, we've enjoyed our time with your pastor. We've learned to love him and respect his ministry. And we thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to come. And it's good to see our friends, the Nesses here. The Nesses, uh, you know, the, the Nesses are the, are the heavy lifters. They're the people that uh, saw a job that needed to be done and invested their life in it. Wow. Praise the Lord. And uh, yeah. not, they didn't go on a missions trip. <laughs> now, missions trips are good, but the world's not going to be won by missions trips. But now they have two boys that are serving. Where is where's Chris at? Is he in Ethiopia? But where's his son? Sicily. Okay. And his uh, his eldest, their eldest son, Mike, has gone from uh, East Africa to West Africa. Now that's that's like going to the mission field. Well, they have to learn a new language. They have to learn. Do they do they speak Swahili? They do. now. So are they going? They're not going to DRC, are they? But they're going to Eastern DRC to Kinshasa. Not much Swahili spoken on that side. No, that's. But if they had went to the other side, they could have used their Swahili a little bit. <clears throat> But uh, we uh, we highly admire the Ness family. They're they're held in high esteem, not just by us standing here at the pulpit and talking, but uh, all of their colleagues that worked with them for many years have the highest regard for this couple. And we're so honored to be here and and uh, and honored that they would take time to come out tonight, knowing I was preaching. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Well, they've heard me before, you see. Well, let's go to Luke chapter 11. Now, before we read from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, let me, uh, let's talk a little theology here. Now, you know that uh, the gospel of Luke was written by Luke. And that's one of four gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We know Luke also wrote the book of Acts. You know that? If you don't, it's good for you to know that. Now, when the writers of the Gospels wrote, they, of course, recorded the story of Jesus. But every one thing that we need to understand when, we, when we're interpreting Scripture is that every author wrote with intent. When you write something, you write for a purpose. And... As we look at the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts, we see something that, that Luke emphasized especially was the work of the Holy Spirit. He was very intent on teaching us the necessity and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so some of the stories Luke emphasizes that other Gospel writers don't emphasize. Luke tells us that when Jesus was baptized in water, he was praying. Luke also tells us that the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form as a dove. 
And then Luke tells us that, uh, that Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. And then Luke takes this same interest in the work of the Holy Spirit. One, one time Luke has Jesus saying, uh, If I by the finger of God cast out demons... You know that the kingdom of God has come unto you. And I, I've been thinking about this brother you mentioned that said he don't have a power model. And it's really bothering me. You know, the only way the kingdom of God can come is in power. It can come no other way. The kingdom of God is being resisted. Satan and his demons are resisting the coming of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God does not come with talk. It comes in power. And it comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's something else that I'm not talking about tonight. <laughs> but Luke, Luke wrote concern, a lot about the Holy Spirit. And Luke wrote about Jesus' teaching concerning the Holy Spirit. Luke tells us that, that he's the only gospel writer that tells us that Jesus commanded his Disciples to stay in the city until they were endued with power from on high. This is in Luke chapter 24 and repeated in Acts chapter 1. So Luke had a special interest in seeing, uh, in seeing the church empowered to take the gospel to the nations. Now, if Luke had this interest in seeing people empowered by the Holy Spirit, doesn't it make sense that he would... Not, tell, not just tell us that we needed to be filled with the Spirit, but that he would uh, tell us how. Tell us how. And the way the gospel writers tell us how to do things is by uh, telling us what Jesus said. And here in Luke chapter 11, Jesus teaches us how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He teaches us how. Now, Here's a question for you. It's a trick question. Was the gospel of Luke written before or after the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost? It was written after. It was written to post-Pentecostal Christians. And what Luke was, in this story that I'm going to read to you, Luke was using the words of Jesus to teach us how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope that didn't confuse things. But uh, if it did confuse you, just throw that away and we'll start from, start from scratch. And so here in this passage, we have Luke's personal, or we have Jesus' personal instructions on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Read with me. I'm reading from English Standard Version. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Now that's the Lord's Prayer. That's not the version you're accustomed to hearing. It's the Matthew version you're accustomed to hearing. And then he said to them. Now my, uh, my translation begins a paragraph here that goes down through verse 13. Verses 5 through 13. 
Then he said to him, which of you has a friend? Which of you has a, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is shut and the children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, his boldness, his persistence, King James says his importunity, his audaciousness, because of this man's audaciousness, because he keeps knocking on the door, he will arise and give him what he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you if his son asks for a fish. Will instead of a fish give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion. If you then. And uh, uh, King James Version said ask for bread will give him a stone. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want you to look at that verse number 13. Because uh, here in verse number 13, Jesus kind of sums up what he's been teaching. If you then, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who who ask him. Father, we ask that you open our hearts and our spirits to receive your word in Jesus' name. Here in this text, Jesus tells us four things about receiving the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do is I want us to look at these four things, and then after we do that, we're going to come down and we're going to apply them, okay? We're going to we're going to again. I think we tonight we can we can get everybody down in this area somehow, somehow. And uh, you ought to see what we do in Africa when we start moving chairs around. They start stacking chairs in the corners because you know some of these churches are huge and they're full up and seats all the way up to the front. So we just they they start clearing out chairs and we get everybody. But it don't take much room to get a lot of Africans in us. They. They're not as uh, space conscious as we are. But we're going to pray and ask God to fill us again with the Holy Spirit. So four things Jesus teaches us about being filled with the Spirit. Number one, we must ask for the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in every one of these verses, I want you to notice. He tells us to ask. Verse 9 Jesus said, ask and it will be given you. Verse 10, he says, everyone who asks receives. Verse 11, if a son asks for a fish. Verse 12, if he asks for an egg. Verse 13, the heavenly father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, Jesus is talking here to disciples. 
He's teaching disciples. We know this because his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. He's not talking to sinners. Some would have us believe that, uh, that we're not supposed to ask for the Holy Spirit. Once we get saved, we automatically receive the Holy Spirit in his fullness and we're not to ask. But Jesus is talking to disciples. Even the way he's, um, uh, he's couching his teaching, he's saying, if a son asks a father, if a child asks a parent, and he's saying, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give you the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, the Holy Spirit is received by asking. James said, you have not because you ask not. And in many instances, it applies in this, uh, this context. There are, there are many thousands, there are millions of Wonderful Christian people in the world today who have not been empowered by the Holy Spirit because they have not asked for the Holy Spirit. And so today we're not going to make that mistake. We're going to ask God for the Holy Spirit. In just a few moments, we're going to come up here. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And we're going to say, Jesus, you promised. You promised, you said, if I would ask for the Holy Spirit, you would give me the Holy Spirit. So I ask you, give me the Holy Spirit. And when we pray, two things are going to happen. Number one, God is going to hear your prayer. When you ask God for the Holy Spirit, He's going to hear your prayer. I was once in the country of Rwanda. Rwanda. This was soon after the genocide that was there in Rwanda where so many people were killed. And we had a number of, uh, number of our Assemblies of God believers were killed in that genocide. And we had some pastors. At that time, the Assemblies of God in uh, Rwanda was not very large. And, and, and so we had several, but we had several churches left without pastors. And so the leadership of, the, of uh, our mission came to me and said, Denny, would you be willing to go into Rwanda and uh, help encourage the, the pastors in Rwanda? And we've got a number of... Uh, of, of people that are what what happened? There were so many people killed in the church and the pastors killed that uh, they have no pastor anymore. And so the most mature brother elder in the church, by default, became the pastor. And they said these pastors need to be filled with the Spirit. Would you go in and and preach and pray? And so uh, this was one of my first trips after uh, arriving in in uh, Africa. And so we went, and we went from place to place and preached and prayed with people. But I remember I was riding in the back seat of the car, and I was, we had a driver up front, and sitting beside me was my interpreter. And he said to me, Pastor, would you like to know the verse that helped me be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, I would very much like to know that verse. He said, it's the verse over in 1 John where John said, If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. He said, and I knew I was praying according to the will of God. So I knew that God heard my prayer. Then that verse says, and if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired from him. He said, and I knew that God would, because I was asking in his will, I knew that God would give me the Holy Spirit. And this built my faith. And so I asked in faith, and God filled me with the Holy Spirit. Well, that was a good story. It encouraged me very much. 
But Jesus said we must ask for the Holy Spirit. The second thing that we learn from this passage of Scripture is that we must receive the Holy Spirit. Look at, look at verses 9 and 10. Verse 9 says, and I'm going to get back to verse 9. He said, I tell you, ask and it will be given. You seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. And then verse 10, he says, for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Now that, uh, that can build your faith. Everyone. Everyone. But the thing I've learned about this passage of Scripture is that uh, is concerning the word uh, receives. Everyone who asks receives. And I mentioned that this this morning, but I want to emphasize it again. That this word receives, the, the Greek word receives is in the, uh, in the active voice. Now, in Greek, when, when a word is in the active voice, that means the one who is receiving is doing something. If it's in the passive voice, the one who is receiving does nothing. It just comes to him. For instance, if I was to walk up behind your pastor and hit him in the back with my two hands, he received a blow, and I might receive a blow or two myself if I do that. But he received a blow, but he received it passively. He did nothing. But if I were to say to him, I have a gift I want to give you, and walk up to him and offer him that gift, he must actively reach out and receive that gift. And this is how Jesus is using this word. He's saying, everyone who asks also reaches out by faith and receives. He receives. And Jesus told us how to receive in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, when he said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. You see that word received there again? Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And this is a general uh, promise. It can apply to many things, but it applies so directly and so perfectly to receiving the Holy Spirit. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And so this is how it works. We come to the Lord with a need in our life, and that need is God's power and presence in our life. And Jesus said, if you will ask for the Holy Spirit, I will give you the Holy Spirit. So by faith we ask. We say, Jesus, you promised. If I would ask you for the Holy Spirit, you would give me the Spirit. So I ask you, give me the Holy Spirit. And as we pray, we believe God is hearing and answering our prayer. And then we say, in Jesus' name, I receive the Holy Spirit. Come inside me, Holy Spirit. We believe that we have received and the Holy Spirit will come. The instant, the instant you believe and you act on that belief, God will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. It's not a marathon, you know, in the old days. Uh, we used to pray a long time and, uh, and that's good because people got filled with the Spirit. I'm not, I'm not against that. But that's not, the, that's not the pattern we see. You know, what we did around the altars, uh, it's always good to pray and seek God and confess our sins to God. But th that's not the pattern we see in the book of Acts in the New Testament. But the pattern in the, in the New Testament is that we ask and we receive. And so that's the second thing you must know, is that first you must ask for the Holy Spirit. Number two, you must receive the Holy Spirit. Number three, you must not be afraid.
Look what Jesus said in verses 11 through 13. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? What is Jesus saying there? He's saying if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give you the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I, I remember I was back in Rwanda a second time. We lived in Malawi, which you had to take two planes to get to Rwanda. You had to go to Kenya and then Rwanda. But of all things, I was preaching a youth camp. Well, you know, they get old people to preach to young people in <laughs> Africa. I wasn't as old as I am now. I was around, around 50 years old at the time. But this is a youth camp. And, we, and there were about 400 kids at this youth camp. And I remember the general superintendent's son was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was always so happy to see pastor's kids filled with the Holy Spirit. But we had preached in this youth camp. And, uh, and the kids had come. And many had been filled with the Spirit. And, and so uh, it was the last day of the youth camp. And uh, we had a question and answer time. So all the kids gathered together and. They were going to ask me questions. And so one young man, very, very good-looking kid, I remember, he stood up and he said, Pastor, I have a question for you. He said, I, sometimes I speak in tongues. I said, praise the Lord. He said, but when I'm speaking in tongues, how do I know whether it's God or the devil making me speak in tongues? See, he had a fear. And so, have you ever heard of a gift of the Spirit called the Word of Wisdom? Well, well, the Lord gave me a Word of Wisdom at that time. And I said, before I answer your question, I have a question for you. I said, when you're speaking in tongues, whose face are you seeking? Are you seeking the face of God? Or are you seeking the face of the devil? He said, I'm seeking the face of God. I said, then it's God causing you to speak in tongues. Because Jesus said, if we ask for a fish, God will not allow the devil to give us a serpent. You know, I read a book once. I remember the name of the book. It was called, well, I don't remember the name of the book. It was something like Opposing the Enemy. It was uh, written, uh, How to Deal with the Devil and Deal with Satan. But it was written by a non-Pentecostal. I thought it was good that a non-Pentecostal was writing on the subject. But one of the things that he wrote in particular uh, bothered me. He told about this. He told he warned people to beware of the spiritual realm because you'll get in the spiritual realm and strange things can happen to you. You can be seeking the spirit and the devil will slip in and give you a false gift. And he gave an example about a lady who had left his good non-Pentecostal church and went to a Pentecostal church, and she, uh, they got to praying with her, and she got to speaking in tongues. And during that time, a devil came in her, and she had to come back to his church, and when she came back to his church, she got well from all that, and the devil left her. But Jesus is teaching an entirely different thing here. He's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that if you ask for a fish, you will get a serpent. Don't be afraid if you ask for an egg, we'll give 
the, the Lord will give you a, a scorpion. Or the Lord will allow you to have a scorpion. Some are hindered from receiving the Holy Spirit because of fear. I suspect there are some in this church that are fearful of being filled with the Holy Spirit because they fear many things. Now, in America, there's not so much this fear of demons that is a, a bit more pervasive in, uh, in Africa because there's a lot of demon activity uh, in churches in Africa. But there are some who fear any dramatic encounter with God. There's a fear of losing control. There's a fear of the power of God. Some are fearful of receiving a false experience. Or some are fearful of uh, not receiving any experience at all. They're, they fear failure. Some are fearful of uh, that they're going to look foolish. And that they're going to somehow get out on a limb and they're going to start babbering in some language that is not real and and uh, people are going to look at him and say doesn't that person look foolish and so we deal with fears but Jesus is saying here don't be afraid because it's very important to realize that in this passage of scripture Jesus refers to God as the father and he compares the heavenly father with earthly caring caring earthly parents and he's saying, how much more? How much more loving is your heavenly father? The one who called you to him and the one who called you to this experience and the one who provided this experience. How much more loving is he? Is he? And he'll not allow you to have a false experience. And so that's the third thing. The first thing is we must ask for the spirit. Second thing is we must receive the Spirit. My mind's not working very quickly to that. Night. The third thing is, we must not be afraid. And the fourth thing is, and I want to bear down on this, is we must be serious. Or as we would say in Malawi, where we get our, we exchange our, our uh, R's and L's. Even even in writing, they'll they'll use an L where an R. We would use an R, and then they'll use them interchangeably. It's Quite, quite frustrating. You say, "What is this?" One time, uh, we got a letter addressed to us, and 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 we was reading the name. It was Lev Mirror. Lev Mirror. And so we went to our house help, Bumble Peely, and we said, "Bumble Peely, who is this?" He said, "It's you, Levlin Mirror." And so Levlin Mirror. So anyway. <laughs> There, there's a lot of funny things we could say about that. But in Africa, they'll say, you must, you must be silliest. And, you know, it just don't work. You need to get silliest. I say, well, it's, it's hard to get silliest when you pronounce silliest, silliest. <laughs> well... Our lives have been so enriched by the time we spent in Africa. How blessed we are. You know, being a missionary in Africa, everything is a plus except one thing, and that's you're away from your family. We were away when our grandchildren were born. We were in Africa. They were in America. 
And now that we've returned home, you know, we say, why don't y'all come and see us? And they said, well, we didn't get used to that when we were. And we, and, uh, we all, we, we remember it was us that left them. They didn't leave us. Well, we left them when they were just married. Our two girls had just gotten married. And that, that, that eased our hearts a little bit that they were married rather than just single girls uh, being left behind. But, but, but this issue of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is we must be very serious. I want you to notice what Jesus says here. Verse number 9. I tell you, ask and it will be given. You seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. You don't see this in uh, if you're reading in the English, but if you were a Greek person reading Greek, which the Bible was written in, the words ask, receive, knock are in what is known as the present continuous tense. What Jesus is saying is keep on asking. Continue to ask. Keep asking and you'll keep on receiving. Keep on seeking and you'll keep on finding. Keep on knocking and doors will keep on being opened unto you. And the implication here is that when you stop asking, you stop receiving. When you stop seeking, you no longer find. When you stop knocking on doors, doors remain closed. But the point I want to make here is the, the implication of seriousness. And Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, expands on that by telling the story. He said, he, he said, if he was in the modern vernacular, he'd say, I have a hypothetical for you guys. I have a hypothetical. Now, suppose you're at home at night, and it's midnight, and someone comes to your door. Now, let's think of this in African terms. I'll think of it in Malawian terms because I understand Malawi better. In the Malawian, the Malawians, especially the rural Malawians, didn't have houses like we have where the kids are in one room and we're in another room and then have the nursery that the baby's sleeping in. But the Malawians, you would see three or four houses, a compound, and all of those houses added together equal their residence. So the mother and father would sleep in one hut the older t- girls would sleep in another hut. The older boys would sleep in another hut. And the babies would sleep in the, uh, in the hut with, with the mom and dad. And as they tell us, they sleep with their mother and dad until they get eyes. That's, how that, that's the way they say it. <laughs> so, so, so when this, when you... you, you Start banging on someone's door. You're not just waking up mom and dad. You're waking up the babies and they start crying. And the whole thing about wake babies at night. And so Jesus says, you go to your neighbor's house. No, he said, you, you're, that night a friend comes to your house. And the friend is hungry. Now... In the African context, when a friend shows up late at night, he shows up hungry. He didn't stop by McDonald's on the way in. He's been walking likely a long distance. And this is a very similar culture to what Jesus is talking about. 
He shows up at the door. He's hungry, and good hospitality demands that you cook some tea and you provide some food for your visitor. He's, so you're in a pickle. You say, we have no food in the house. And so you go to your good neighbor next door, your good friend. And you knock on the door. In uh, Malawi, you would say, Odi, Odi. That means, here I am, let me in. And you knock on the door. And he'd say, who's out there? And you say, well, it's, it's Denny. I'm, I'm from next door. I'm so, sorry to bother you, but I had a friend come in. I don't have any food. He said, go away. Go away. I can't give you food. Go to someone else. We're going to wake up the babies. But he said, but you keep on knocking. You said, you don't understand. I have a friend. I have a visitor. And my visitor must have food. And he said, that man will get up and give you what you need. That's the hypothetical Jesus said. Not because you're his friend. But because of your impudence, because of your persistence, because you kept knocking. Then he said, therefore, takes us through verse 8, verse 9. Therefore, I say to you, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. We're talking about persistence, persistence. Now, I believe God is ready to fill his children with the Holy Spirit. I believe that. But what do you do if you come and pray and you're not filled with the Spirit? You keep on asking. You keep on asking in faith, knowing that God is not withholding uh, the Holy Spirit from you. He maybe maybe he merely delaying, delaying. Jesus is also teaching us that we must continue to seek for the Holy Spirit. Continue to seek for the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit every time you come to church. This is why we come to church. One of the primary reasons we come to church is to be filled with the Spirit so we can go back out in the world and we can reach our neighbors and friends with the gospel. I wouldn't tell anybody how to pastor, but i tell you what I would do if I was pastoring again. Every Sunday... We would pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every time we got together Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, we'd pray to be filled with the Spirit. I wouldn't every time give an altar call to come down, but we would take some moments in that service to say, folks, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit again. Let's ask God. Let's keep knocking. Let's keep seeking. Let's keep asking. And so Jesus teaches us uh, some important lessons here. That we must ask for the Holy Spirit. That we must receive the Holy Spirit by faith. That we must not be afraid of uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. And that we must be serious. We must be serious. In other places, Jesus spoke of the necessity of hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit. Remember he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Where does this righteousness come from, this filling of righteousness? It comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught us that. In John chapter 7, that's, the Bible says on that great day, that last day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, 
If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. For as the scriptures have said, he who believes, thirst and faith, we have here. He who believes, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And in a parenthesis, John said, This he spake of the Spirit who had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so we're going to come again tonight. We're going to ask God for the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be serious. I, I guess we could put it this way. The Holy Spirit, you don't receive the Holy Spirit casually. You know, oh, well, Lord, if you want to. I'm pretty tired here, but uh, all right, if you insist. We don't receive the Holy Spirit casually. We must be serious. We must be persistent. And so I want us to stand together now. You remember this morning we uh, talked about the model we use in Africa to pray with people to receive the Holy Spirit. We ask in faith, we receive by faith, and we speak in faith. And this is a biblical model. It's not the only model, but it's a very biblical model. We ask in faith, we speak in faith, we receive by faith, and we speak in faith. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to join me, everyone here to join me. Thank you. I'm going to get this, this young, strong man. Okay. All right. You think we can get them all there? Okay. All right. That's a heavy pulpit. We're going to leave it? Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to invite everyone to come to the front here. If you would. This is good. We, we often in Africa, we have people directing traffic when we give an altar call. You can step down here if you'd like. There you go. And what we're going to do is we're, we're simply going to ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Okay, don't, don't plug the entrance there as you come through. You're, nobody's doing that right now. I'm just, there you are. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Acts chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus said, or Peter said, We are witnesses of these things. He was talking about the resurrection of Christ. He said, We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God gives to those who obey Him. So is the Holy Spirit whom God gives to those who obey Him. What kind of obedience was He talking about? Just three or four verses up, the Bible says they commanded them to stop preaching in Jesus' name. And Peter had said, we must obey God rather than men. He's talking about obedience to the Great Commission. Obedience to the Great Commission. God will give His Holy Spirit to those who are committed to His Great Commission. Uh, why, why would He give the Holy Spirit to those who are not committed to His Great Commission? And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to commit ourselves to Christ's mission. We're going to say, God, lose, use me. 
God may be calling someone to preach. You know, I, I, I see young people here, but not only young people. I, I hesitate to say that, but usually God calls people young. Not always. And he says, leave what you got and, and preach my gospel. And so let's pray and let's take a few moments and let's, let's commit ourselves to the Lord. We're going to just say, Lord, I commit myself to you. I commit myself to your mission. I commit myself to the mission of this church. If you have joined yourself to this church, then that, that mission involves this church, this particular. And so let's pray. I'm going I'm to commit myself. Once again, you commit yourself. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I commit myself once again to your mission. What strength I have, what power I have, what wealth I have, I will give to you. Lord, but I need your Holy Spirit. I can't do this myself. You promised. You said you would give me the Holy Spirit and that he would empower me to, to fulfill my commitment. I believe that, Lord. Now pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you, give me the Holy Spirit. Empower me by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon me. Come inside me and fill me in Jesus' name. Now put your hands up. Sense the presence of God on you and in you. And begin to speak. Speak from deep inside. Father, I pray for these sweet children. Thank you, Lord, and this mother.